0: Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Thank you, Atsila. That brings the time now to 7 minutes past 12 o'clock. The North Gauteng High Court, as you just heard in the news, in Pretoria has dismissed an application by the ANC in the northwest to have the election of the DA Mayor in Clockware declared invalid. The court found that the meeting where the previous mayor, Mopetla Mopetla, was unseated amid allegations of corruption and maladministration in a motion of no confidence by the DA was lawful. The ANC earlier argued that the DA as well as the ANC councillors' motive to hold the July the 2nd meeting that voted Mopetle out as mayor and replace him by the DA's Annette Combrink was unlawful. Now for more on this, we joined on the line by our reporter Maluti Obuseng. Uh, Maluti, good afternoon and uh, before we discuss today's judgment over the clockware mayorship saga, briefly give us some background on the story.
1: Thanks, Elvis, and good afternoon to the listeners. there. What happened is on the 2nd of July, there was a council meeting where the councilors, local uh, local municipality councilors, they passed a motion of no confidence on the then mayor, Mr. Matete Matete. Apparently, the speaker of that meeting uh, of local council, Barre Musia Nesehotu, walked out of that meeting, but the councillors remained behind and they went on with their motion of confidence into uh, the then mayor, Mr. Matese Matese, and he was unseated, Hence, the the, uh, the a Professor uh, Comrade, Anita Comrade, was now uh, instituted at that particular meeting.
2: Now, what
0: reasons did the judge, uh, the judge give for this particular ruling?
1: He firstly said the meeting was uh, properly constituted, and the council's resolution on that day was also lawful and full, of, and full of effects. And also the motion adopted to remove Mr. Matete Matete from the seat was also lawful and full of facts. Those are the, reasons that, the four reasons that he gave out in his ruling today.
0: Were ordinary members there during the judgment and what was their reaction?
1: Yes, both parties were represented here on the DA side. The DA leader in the Northwest, Mr Chris Hartin, was here, as well as Professor Annette Combreck, the incumbent mayor. She said the ruling vindicated the DA and also vindicated the processes that was undertaken to unseat Mr Matete Matete. On the ANC side, the chief within the Toko Local Municipality, Mr Dakota Lehuete, says they welcome the ruling, they will sit down and Study the ruling, and then at a particular, at, at an appropriate time, they will make a, a, press, a they, will, they will brief the media on that one. He, he, however, insisted that their focus is now on the forthcoming by-elections to ensure that they retain the
0: municipality. And that's our reporter on the scene, Maluti saying Now, for reaction to this, we joined on the line by the New Clockway Mayor, Annette Kombrink. Mayor, good uh, afternoon to you. And you, obviously, you must be uh, feeling elated and vindicated.
3: Yes, it's uh, uh, wonderful to feel that, You know, we'd always uh, put our trust in our judicial system and in our democracy. And uh, this has now been vindicated. And we look forward now to assuming the positions that we were lawfully elected to.
4: Now, others
0: say that this is a futile exercise. The ANC can still turn this around since they are majority there. What do you say to this?
3: Well, uh, at the moment, of course, the opposition group is in a majority. And they are getting by-elections coming. And uh, we wouldn't quite be so sanguine as the ANC about winning all 10 of those by-elections. In fact, uh, the ousted uh, ANC counters will be standing, most of them will be standing independent in those wards. Uh, they had very strong support in the previous um, municipal elections. Uh, so anything can happen. So we uh, we do not uh, sort of automatically assume that the ANC is going to reassume the seats because uh, they first have to win a majority. Mm. And if we... Uh, uh, can enter into some form of cooperation or coalition with those other guys, then of course we can retain the majority that we have at present.
0: And do you think that that could be the solution?
3: I think so, because that could effectively give the DA a longer period of time to do some of the stuff that we think that we can do, but that cannot be done in the space of a few months. If we have a few years at our disposal, we think that we can really turn the city around. We look forward to working very hard for all the people in Potishtim, in the top municipality, and we think that uh, we have the expertise among our ranks to do that, we definitely have the will
0: to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, it's no secret, Mayor, that the ANC is going through some very difficult times there in the northwest. But some are questioning the strength of the DA and its failure to take advantage of this and gain more votes uh, for your uh, for, for your party from ordinary people.
3: Well, you know, the last test that we had was two years ago with the uh, uh, municipal elections, and we more than doubled our representation in the city council. So I can't see that uh, there's a big failure to garner more votes. Uh, we perceive a stronger following for the uh, DA following uh, some of our work that we have done so far in preparation for the by-elections. And we work uh, unceasingly now on an ongoing basis uh, to get more membership and so on. So we feel that we have, in fact, been doing fairly well uh, in making sure that we uh, strengthen the DA in the province. You know, uh, the Northwest was the province in which the DA showed the biggest uh, progress in the in the last um, municipal elections we more than doubled the number of councillor seats in the entire province so and it's not from two to four it was from over sixty to uh, to over one hundred and thirty so we feel that uh, um, there's strong and and growing support and we want to capitalise on that
0: now what is the way forward now for the DA and the clockwe municipality
3: well you know we had a brief dry run in <laughs> in this context uh, some months earlier, uh, we already uh, had a meeting with uh, uh, people from the DA so that we, you know, uh, they have a very strong support program for DA mayors. And uh, we've looked at that. We've also worked out the plan to look at what one would need to do immediately, what one could do in the slightly longer term. So uh, um, we have uh, plans in order. We have a caucus meeting this evening already so that we can uh, decide what to do because at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, we are supposed to be in our offices.
0: So your offices are open right now?
3: I have no idea. I'm on my way back from Pretoria because we attended the court uh, mm-hmm. proceedings. Uh, the judge's orders said 10 o'clock tomorrow morning the offices have to evacuate. And, That's uh, how the mayor and mm-hmm. the MMC's.
0: And if it's not evacuated, what will happen then?
3: Uh, then uh, the sheriff will be instructed to uh, to remove any uh, of the colleagues still uh, entrenched, but... Uh, I would assume that uh, people would follow the orderly route and uh, respect the court order.
0: That was the clock where Mayor Annette Combrinck on the line to us, uh, giving us her take on the issue, very elated and, of course, uh, feeling vindicated about the judgment. But we now, uh, we were supposed to speak to the ANC in the Northwest, but at the time of the interview, we could not get hold of uh, the spokesperson uh, to uh, give us uh, their opinion on the ruling, but now we are joined uh, for an in-depth look at this situation. we joined on the line by the Director of the Centre for the Study of Democracy at Rhodes University and the University of Johannesburg, Dr. Stephen Friedman. Doctor, good afternoon to you. Oh, good afternoon. August. And now, can this be viewed as a significant victory for the DA, given the fact that the ANC, or, the, or rather the ANC, can still turn this around?
5: Well, I think it's more a defeat for the ANC than it's a victory for the DA. Uh, I mean, obviously the DA, you know, however... Uh, much progress they might have, might have made in the last election. The DA didn't win Plochweb by winning a majority of votes. It, it won it because of a rebellion in the ANC. So it's far more an indication of uh, the weaknesses within the ANC at the moment than of the strengths within the DA. And as you uh, correctly point out, uh, there's a very high probability that once the by-elections are held, um, the c- control of the council will shift back to the ANC again.
0: Mm-hmm. Now you did mention rebellion in the ANC, and we know that they have problems there. And uh, but the DA is still failing to attract voices or votes, rather, from or- ordinary people in that province. Uh, uh, in your view, why is this?
5: Well, I think you know the, the point. You know, some of us have been arguing for a long time. One has to be realistic. Yes, as as uh, the DA in the northwest points out, they have made some progress. Uh, but really it's progress off a very low base. Uh, you know, 120 councillors across the whole province uh, isn't an awful lot. Um, and the reason for that is, is, is simply because South Africans tend to support the party. Uh, which they feel speaks for people who share their identity. In other words, you look for a party which you feel uh, is the voice of, of, of people like you. Uh, and uh, for a variety of reasons related to our past, the, the, the DA is not uh, the party which speaks for the identity of most South Africans. I mean, it has done very well over the last few years of increasing its base. Uh, but uh, the bulk of uh, of, of voters are, are still beyond the DA. Uh, and therefore, probably what is happening in Torquay is an indication of of of, of the future, because um, the DA's real prospects of getting into government over the next. Uh, 10 or 20 years in this country really depend on splits in the ANC because if we have more splits in the ANC then the ANC no longer have uh, uh, an absolute majority and then you have to have coalitions and so on so this pattern in which the DA has taken over a municipality because of a rebellion within the ANC uh, may be uh, the kind of thing which the DA must put its hopes on if it wants to be part of national government
0: Well the Mayor did mention the possibility of a coalition, do you see that coming?
5: Well, they, I mean, she's relying on the independents winning the by-elections, and if the independents win the by-elections, that's a possibility. Uh, I think uh, we need to be a bit skeptical. Uh, I think that the ANC has acknowledged that it has a battle to... Uh, win back the trust of a lot of its voters Uh, but I would still I think the odds are still on uh, the ANC winning back those seats even if the independents make a showing so yeah if if the independents do win the by-elections then what she says could happen but I think that's still against the odds Mm.
0: This is yet another blow to the ANC's reputation within its voter support and with the elections coming up in 2014 just around the corner can they come back from this?
5: Well, they can come back for it, but they need to learn the lessons. Um, you know, the first lesson before we, you know, we, 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 we get on to the others is, is that, uh, the reason, uh, Ms. Combrick is mayor of, of Clockware today, uh, is that the ANC didn't handle, uh, this whole situation terribly well. Um, uh, at the moment the ANC can't vote her out because most of the people who could have been voted her out have been expelled from the ANC. Um, and that's a very, Strong warning uh, against expelling people rather than listening to them. Uh, Secondly, uh, you know, you really have to ask questions about uh, how in touch uh, the ANC is uh, with sentiment in Clockware uh, if its own councillors can twice defy the national leadership uh, by voting out an ANC mayor. So I think Clockware is a pretty good indication that the ANC has a very difficult task uh, to win back the trust of its voters, but it also needs to look very seriously about the way it handles uh, local politicians uh, and, uh, who, who have a problem with the leadership. It needs to listen to those people uh, and try to reach agreement with those people instead of expelling them. Uh, it's paid a, cost in uh, paid a price in clockware for expelling them, uh, and I think that if uh, that kind of attitude persists, it will pay, pay the same price elsewhere.
0: And the expelled members from the ANC, do you think that they might join the DA?
5: I doubt it, Elvis, because, as I say, they know as well as as, as everybody else does that that's not uh, because of the factors I explained. That's not the route to uh, uh, winning uh, uh, office in in uh, in in Northwest. Uh, the interesting question is: uh, Will they join other political formations? Uh, the DA is not the only formation. There are other formations closer. Uh, to the ANC, and perhaps uh, uh, they may land up in one of those. But I'd be very surprised if they landed up in the DA.
0: And so says the Director of the Centre for the Study of Democracy at Rhodes University and the University of Johannesburg, Dr Stephen Friedman.
6: It is not Midday Live on SAFM, 104
0: to 107. It is now 20 minutes past 12 o'clock right here on Midday Live. Our top story at this hour... Former clockware Mayor Mapetla Mapetla has been given until ten o'clock tomorrow morning to vacate the council premises. Looking at the markets, gold is trading at one thousand three hundred and thirty two dollars and ten cents an ounce, platinum at one thousand four hundred and thirty two dollars and ten cents an ounce. The Rand is trading at nine Rand and eighty one cents against the US dollar at fifteen Rand and ten cents to the pound and at thirteen Rand and four cents to the euro. Join me, Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights, and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the Market Update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6.
4: Introducing More Savings from Spec Savers. Now you can get between 250 and And 1,000 Rand off the normal industry price for your prescription lenses. That's right, up to 1,000 Rand off your prescription lenses. Another reason why we are South Africa's leading eye care group. Change to Specsavers for affordable eye care and a whole lot more. Teas and cs apply.
6: Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to
0: 107. As you heard, the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria has dismissed an application by the ANC in the northwest to have the election of the DA Mayor in Clockway declared invalid. The court found that the meeting with the previous Mayor, Mapetle Mapetle, was unseated amid allegations of corruption and maladministration in a motion of no confidence by the DA, was lawful. Now, to talk to us about this, uh, we joined on the line by the spokesperson for the ANC in the northwest, Kenny Morolong, to find out their reaction to the, re- uh, to, to the ruling. Kenny, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon and good afternoon to your listeners. What is your reaction to this ruling? Well, obviously
7: the ANC knows with disappointment the outcome of the North Gauteng High Court on this matter. Uh, we however wish to express our full confidence in the judiciary. We've always maintained that we believe in the ability of our cause to dispense justice without fear of favor. The ANC's preoccupation is um, uh, currently focused on the impending by-elections. Our view remains that there is no government that, that can justly claim authority unless it is based on the will of our people. Mm-hmm. And therefore that is our preoccupation is to reclaim Kroko local administration to this impending
0: by-elections. And how are you going to do that?
7: Well, we have always maintained that uh, the people of Kroko have always express their confidence in the ANC. It is for for this reason that they overwhelmingly voted the ANC into power in the previous local government elections. And we are confident that history will repeat itself.
0: Now, will the ANC in the Northwest appeal this ruling?
7: Well, the Provincial uh, Working Committee is currently convening. We will study this judgment, and we will, in the next few days, express ourselves on the next course of action
0: now the um, isn't this a bit embarrassing for the ANC firstly your own councillors is uh, councillors participated in the removal of, of the mayor and now the court is upholding that
7: well you know that the provincial disciplinary committee expressed a view on the participation of these councillors in this irregular meeting which obviously has now been uh, validated by the North Houghton High Court. Um, and this council has subsequently been expelled by the ANC. Um, while we note uh, this development with disappointment, we do so because, as we have already expressed, the people of Togo displayed and expressed their confidence in the ANC in the previous local government elections. Uh, Thus placing the ANC in the position of being a dominant part in that uh, council. And therefore, Uh, While we accept uh, this decision with disappointment, we must also express a view that we have acted against those councillors who sought to undermine uh, organizational mandate by removing Comrade Mapetle Mapetle or participating in the process, collaborating with the opposition in the removal of Comrade Mapetle Mapetle.
0: Now, Comrade Mapetle Mapetle was uh, given the boot by the, the court. Will he be asked by the ANC to vacate his office?
7: Well, uh, we respect the outcome uh, of the North Gauteng High Court with respect to this matter. And obviously the ANC is a champion of democratic institutions. Uh, we will therefore, um, in following this uh, outcome, study uh, the judgment and, and, and we will in due course express uh, ourselves on this matter.
0: Well, 10 o'clock is the due date. Uh, that's tomorrow morning.
7: Well, that is why we are are saying that the ANC will not at this point undermine a judgment uh, by the Houghton uh, North High Court. Uh, We will not do that. We will not do that because we've got utmost respect for the judiciary. We, however, will study this outcome and at a particular point arrive at the determination. And once we've done so, uh, we will express ourselves publicly on what that determination is.
0: So what next now for the ANC? Accept the ruling as a final arbiter, or, or go back to council to fight?
7: Well, the ANC's preoccupation is fighting a by-election. We are confident that we will win these by-elections. Um, the first by-election is on the 7th of August. Uh, in what, 9 in uh, Kaukwe, we are confident that the ANC will emerge with We are confident that the ANC is a political home of the residents of Kaukwe. We are equally confident that uh, In the expression of this confidence, they will, they will vote the ANC and they will vote the ANC in this by election.
0: And so, says the spokesperson for the ANC in the North West, on the line to us uh, from uh, uh, Portostrom, Kenny Morolong. That brings the time now to 26 minutes past 12 o'clock. What do you make of this situation? As you heard, the North Gauteng High Court in Pretoria has dismissed an application by the ANC in the North West to have the election of the DA May in Kaukwe declared invalid. Now, the court found... That the meeting with the previous mayor, Mopetle Mapetle, was unseated amid allegations of corruption and maladministration in a motion of no confidence by the DA was lawful. The ANC earlier argued that the DA As well as ANC councillors Motive to hold that July 2nd meeting That voted Muppetle out as mayor And replace him by the DA Sir Ned Combrink was unlawful But the court has just declared that lawful So what's your take on the issue I would like to get uh, your um, take on the issue On our um, fe- uh, Not the Facebook page On In fact on the Facebook page you can do so as well That's Midday Live And of course uh, also on the SMS line 34701 That is uh, the SMS line Or you can do so via Twitter The Twitter page uh, SAFM Midday Live Uh, You can uh, let us know What's on your mind Now, remember that uh, we'll come back to you just uh, after the uh, uh, 12.30 news with the Marikana Commission of Inquiry that um, has been postponed to Wednesday morning. Now, this after the lead lawyer for the mine workers advocate, Dalim Porfu, has said that um, his various attempts to solicit funding uh, to enable him and others representing the miners have come to naught. And uh, we'll be taking a look at that story uh, with the spokesperson of the Morikana Commission of Inquiry, Tsepo Mashlangu. That's just after 12.30. Also, we're going live to Zimbabwe to find out about the final preparations that are underway in Zim ahead of the country's election this Wednesday, that this coming Wednesday, more than 6.4 million Zimbabweans are expected to cast their ballots. Now, observers are, critical, uh, uh, are a critical sector in, in these elections, and about 20,000 local and foreign observers will be deployed. To different parts uh, of Zimbabwe With a focus on whether Zimbabwe Will be able to hold A free and fair election There's uh, also Reported that the accreditation process In the capital city of Arara has been marred By logistical uh, glitches However the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission Or ZAC says It has done everything it could to prepare For Wednesday's election and uh, blame Logistical problems on accredited Observers uh, for being Late Well We'll take an in-depth look at that one as well. And remember, of course, uh, we also have our sports news uh, also coming up. But uh, meanwhile, on the uh, SMS line, Seppo Godfrey Motsumi says, Stockwell people must not vote those councillors again. They are sellouts and they will again betray whoever vote for them. So I would like to get your thoughts on the issue right here on our SMS line, uh, that SMS line 34701. You can also uh, do it on the Twitter page, that Twitter page again, uh, SAFM Midday Live. Uh, Post us your comments, and uh, we'll take a look at them, and we'll read them as we continue. But right now, it is 12.30. It's time for the news headlines. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. Thank you, uh, Nancy. That brings the time now to 29 minutes before the hour of one. The Maracana Commission of Inquiry has been postponed to Wednesday morning. This after the lead lawyer for the mine workers, advocate Dalian Pofu, said that his various attempts uh, to solicit funding to enable him and others representing the miners have come to naught. Pofu earlier temporarily withdrew from the commission pending an outcome of the Constitutional Court on the matter next month. His application for the state to pay the legal cost of his clients was dismissed more than a week ago by the North Gauteng High Court. Now, for more on this, we joined on the line by the spokesperson of the Marikana Commission of Inquiry, uh, Tsepo Mashlangu. Tsepo, good afternoon to you. you,
8: Elvis and Kuraftan, and to your viewers.
0: Oh, why, is the commi- okay. why is the commission being
8: postponed? <laughs> well, the, 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 as you as said in your inset. The commission was postponed to uh, specifically look at other avenues uh, in assisting uh, those who represent the injured and arrested uh, to to secure interim funding. Hmm. You would remember that um, last week we had some starts, start stops um, in an attempt to again to support that process of the commission um And and today was clearly a a repeat of that uh, to ensure that, um, you know, those who are trying to seek funding uh, are given uh, the necessary time to be able to secure funding that will allow inclusivity um, in the Commission's processes.
0: Mm. Now, the lawyers representing the miners have indicated that they can no longer afford to continue without any assistance uh, in funding and that they will withdraw from the case if uh, not assisted. Uh, Is this still the case, you think?
8: Well, I'm sure they can speak for themselves. What they did tell the Commission is that they will not be able to participate um, until the whole issue has been resolved. Of course, you do know that um, they are are preparing documentation uh, in respect of filing, um, you know, an appeal at the, at the, at the constitutional court. So that process we are told is underway, and, uh, you know, until we hear that outcome of that, we are concerned as the commission about this delays that, uh, in our view, we think are necessary. Uh, but, of course, we also understand at the same time uh, the importance of, uh, you know, ensuring that all participants, were critical, um, and their legal teams uh, are involved in the process itself.
0: Now, will the credibility of the outcome of the Commission not be questioned if the Commission continues without the miners being represented while the police are?
8: We, we need to look at the Maragana incident in context. Uh, we believe that uh, in the history of South Africa, an event and occurrence of this nature uh, is unprecedented by all trust-of-imagine mm-hmm. And this is a process that requires all South Africans to actually support this process and ensure that uh, it's, it's, it seems to be free, it seems to be fair, it seems to be credible insofar as uh, the report that is going to come out uh, from this hearings are concerned. You would obviously know that the important mandate that this commission has is is really to investigate uh, what happened in Marikana. To gather evidence uh, from a number of participants who were there uh, and who played some role in in Marikana at that time. And also to conduct hearings, which which is what we are doing. Uh, Of course, once the commission has finished that process, uh, the commissioners will then have six weeks within which to put together a recommendation to 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 the federal of the republic. As well as uh, make recommendations uh, on how America and um, all that matter should, you uh, in terms of saying, what is it that the country needs to do for, to prevent to prevent an occurrence of this pressure from happening in, in our country.
0: From the Commission's perspective, is the request by the lawyers unreasonable?
8: To an extent that uh, we, we we are looking. Uh, these uh, stoppages, these postponements are indicative of the fact that the Commission does want, uh, um, you know, to, to have this uh, issue of funding resolved without delay. And so that we understand, we believe that we are doing the right thing by allowing them reasonable time to resolve these funding issues and allow the Commission to continue without any further delays.
0: And that was the spokesperson of the Marikana Commission of Inquiry, Tsepo Mashlangu. Bring the time now to 12.36. The nearly 1,500 police officers with criminal records should face internal disciplinary processes to establish if they are fit to continue with their jobs. This is according to the Institute for Security Studies. According to a two-year-long report commissioned by the SAPS, close to 1,500 police officers have a criminal record. Police Minister Natim Imtetwa has given the Commission of Police three months to take action. Our sister show Weekend PM Live spoke to the Minister
9: Tetwa There's been allegations that uh, the way some of the police are conducting themselves uh, may be tantamount to people who are not really or who are not supposed to be in the service. Um, and uh, when we started the preliminary report, I mean uh, audit, we then discovered that there's more uh, to, to do and deal with. So we finished at that phase, uh, which was very important for us to establish, because remember, this is a huge department, uh, plus uh, 200,000 personnel. So we had to meticulously go through the records of the members we have. Obviously, if we have people who are not supposed to be officers, or who are not conducting themselves as officers, or who uh, who have uh, criminal records, you're definitely going to have defects uh, that would include how people conduct themselves. We have all the kind of uh, prescripts and laws and regulations, but uh, we, we need, if we have such people in our ranks, to root them out, so that we have police, in the true sense of the word, who are upright and who are equal to the task.
10: When
0: are you expecting feedback?
9: This is 1,448 people. And uh, already immediately more than 100 people are being taken through a process. And i said the first of such report should come in three months. In October, I should get the full report, what happened to those people and and everything else. Because we know now that some of the people... uh, when they were recruited there were recruits uh, who had no records uh, and then they developed records or they had records when they were police when they were on the ground already so we would be getting the report and uh, as i said this is the resolve we have to ensure that we have proper police service which is professional which has integrity
0: now, that was the police minister, Natim Tetwa, speaking last night on our sister show, Weekend PM Live. Now, for more on this, we joined on the line by the senior researcher at the Institute for Security Studies, uh, Dr. Johan Berger. Doctor, good afternoon to you. And uh, it is it clear yet whether these members of the force already had the records going into their jobs or if they were convicted while in the force?
11: Yeah, well, we don't know that. We haven't uh, had any access to the internal that was done by the police service, so we can only assume that most of them uh, developed these criminal records while they were in the service, although we have seen a number of cases the most uh, recent one Captain Chavallara, who uh, was convicted on a aggravated robbery charge, so it's quite possible that some of these members in- entered the police service. Uh, already with uh, with criminal records.
0: Now, for those who were hired already having those records, those criminal records, what does it say about the recruitment process then within the SAPS?
11: Yeah, you know, I, I think um, there are so many problems with uh, with with the recruitment process and the recruitment system in the police service. In fact, I mean, there's some reference already to some of these weaknesses uh, in the draft green paper on, on, uh, on policing. So I think, in general, there's an acknowledgement that there are a number of problems with the recruitment system and the uh, recruitment process. Uh, the idea is that uh, a proper Uh, background study uh, uh, is done on on every uh, recruit that applies for uh, employment in the police service. And that would then also include a proper uh, 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 process in terms of establishing whether that individual has a criminal record or not. And of course once there is a criminal record, that person is automatically um, disqualified for for uh, employment in the police service, mm-hmm. so so clearly there, there is a breakdown in in uh, this process and in the system, and that I think needs urgent attention.
0: Mm-hmm. What sort of crimes are we talking about, doctor?
11: Well, you know, as we've seen in, in, in Captain Chabalala's case, we we had a very very serious uh, uh, charge, and there is some evidence that there may have been more. But this has been uh, a charge of of, of armed robbery. Um, so so it could be that there are many uh, others uh, who faced uh, or even had convictions on on, on some serious charges, we, we just don't have access to that information. Um, of course, there may be others with convictions on less serious offenses, but still those should have been looked at during the recruitment process. If it's a really a minor offense, I think there may be uh, some um, understanding for, for uh Uh, Allowing that person to to, to join the police service, but but these things need to be properly investigated, but any serious offence and certainly any offence that involves elements of of dishonesty would automatically, in my view, disqualify a person for employment in
0: the police service. Because one would assume that it would be standard operation procedure where if there's a criminal record, there's no employment. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I can, as I said,
11: I can, I can um, understand that there may be exceptions in some minor cases. You know, you look at, say, a traffic offence. You look at uh, a very minor offence, and where that is declared, certainly uh, in the recruitment process, this should be seriously considered. But if it's anything more serious, and certainly something like, like, you know, uh, convictions on on crimes such as, as murder, attempted murder, serious assault, aggravated robbery, theft, anything else which has elements of dishonesty, those things automatically would exclude a person from servicing the police.
0: Now, in a country where there's so much crime, is this good for the community's trust in the police, you think? Oh, no, certainly not. I mean... Uh,
11: I think we all agree by now that the police are facing a serious uh, crisis. Uh, We've been very, very careful to avoid this term, but I think looking at what's been happening uh, in the police service over the last number of years, from uh, the the leadership uh, uh, right down to um, the low levels of the police, we've seen problems in terms of, firearms competency, we've seen problems in terms of uh, recruitment and training, we've seen problems in terms of police brutality, we've seen problems in terms of police criminality, we've seen problems in relation to to corruption, and so the list just goes on and on and on, so I think uh, let's face what we have. We have a crisis in the police service, and this needs to be investigated properly, and I'm not certain that the police can do this on their own anymore. I think they need this needs to be approached by, by a more independent authority and, and certainly until that happened, uh, happens, I think we will continue to see uh, an, an increase in the level of distrust and loss of confidence in the police service.
0: That was Senior Researcher at the Institute for Security Studies Dr. Johan Berger. It is now 12.45. As usual, we take a look at the markets.
11: Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence.
0: One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Let's cross now live to the dealer room at Sussman Securities with Paul and Paul, good afternoon to you. How has a slighter weaker RAND affected trade this morning?
4: Uh, good afternoon, Elvis. The market is trading higher. I have my FEMA resource shares on the back of slightly weaker end. Markets are also better in Europe where the foot is up 0.3% Dex also up 0.3% and the cake 40 is 0.35% better. Back to the JC we've got the gold index up 3.32%. Resource index up 1.25%. Industrial index up 0.6%. Financial index up 0.44%, the overall market is up 285 points or 0.7% to 40783 points.
0: Is there any any other market news except uh, Huleman?
4: Uh, no, unfortunately not. We've had uh, Hilumine release their interim result. Uh, headline earnings per share were down uh, 32% to 21 cents per share. Turnover, however, was up uh, 13.1% to 3.6 billion rands. Hilumine is currently trading 5% higher at 4 rands and 60
0: cents. 5%. That's a big move. Is there any any, any other big movers?
4: Uh, yes, on the upside, mainly dominated by gold miners, we've got Harmony up uh, 5.1% to 37.85 cents. Gold sales up 4.5% to 58.79 cents. Northern Platinum up 4% to 36.94 cents. African Rainbow Minerals up 2.9% to 164 rents. Impala Platinum up 2.5% to 98.40 cents. On the downside, we've got Investec Limited down 3.3%. 266 rents and 62 cents that's after going ex-dividend 144 cents per share Aveng down 1.9% to 30 rents and 38 cents Growth point down 1.6% to 25 rents and 20 cents Resilient property down 1.5% to 52 rents and 93 cents And lastly Associated Oil down 1% to 338 rents and 98 cents
0: And what are the latest market indicators?
4: the gold price is currently coded one thousand three hundred and thirty one dollars and eighty cents an ounce platinum one thousand four hundred and thirty one dollars and seventy five cents a fine ounce Brent crude to one hundred and four dollars and sixty seven cents per barrel the Garmin r157 string at yield of 6.23 percent and now to our currencies the rent to the dollar is at nine rents and 81 cents the rent to the pound is at fifteen rents and eleven cents rent to the euro, the state in rent, and forces. cents. Back to you.
0: Thank you, and Paul and Paul More from the dealer room at Sussman Securities.
11: This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, I need a non-automated hand-operated ink dispenser for the objective of on-paper documentation.
12: A pen, sir? Yes. That's
6: the word I was looking
11: for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed data, cloud and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence, one solution, one service provider. Telcom Business.
6: Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to
0: 107. If you've just joined us, it is 12.48. Final preparations underway in Zimbabwe ahead of that country's election this coming Wednesday. More than 6.4 million Zimbabweans are expected to cast their ballots. Observers are a critical sector in these elections, and about 20,000 local and foreign observers will be deployed to different parts of Zimbabwe with a focus on whether Zimbabwe will be able to hold free and fair elections. Meanwhile, it's reported that the accreditation process in the capital city of Arare has been marred by logistical glitches. However, the Zimbabwe Com- uh, Electoral Commission says it has done everything it could to prepare for Wednesday's election and blamed the logistical problems to accredited observers who are late. On the line, we are joined by our correspondent in Zimbabwe, Shingai Nyoka. Shingai, good afternoon to you. What is the atmosphere like currently in that country?
12: The atmosphere, as you can imagine, um, is, is, um, is high anticipation um, over these elections. Uh, right now, we're heading to a rally by uh, the Movement for Democratic Change, uh, Morgan Changirai, and um, the streets are just filled uh, with the vehicles of supporters. Um, honking their horns uh, shouting out uh, to people Uh, but you know clearly it's people are very excited about what these elections are going to bring Um, but ordinary people themselves are quite reserved uh, going about their ordinary business I think people are just waiting to see uh, just what kind of an election um, it's going to be um, come Wednesday.
0: We understand that there are already logistical problems with accreditation what can you tell us?
12: From what we understand, uh, those uh, issues have been uh, ironed out over the last day or so. Um, apparently, the, the the computer glitches uh, that were a problem on Saturday um, have been uh, resolved. Many of the observers that were the hundreds of them actually that were waiting um, in line to be accredited have been accredited and they're waiting to be deployed uh, to their various centres um, around the country. The Zimbabwe Electoral Commission will have a press conference later on today just to bring people up to date with uh, with what is happening. Uh, but from what we understand, about 9,500 polling centres are being set up um, as we speak. Uh, the tents are being put up uh, where people are going to vote and the ballot papers are being distributed. So really there's a sense that it's, it's finally happened. What Zimbabweans have been waiting for, is, is finally here, Elvis.
0: In the midst of it all, we also understand that one of the MDC leaders were arrested.
12: Yes, uh, Morgan Shangirai, is organi- one of his organizing secretaries, uh, is due to appear in the magistrate's court uh, around about this time. And um, he was uh, the person who blew the whistle on the fact that there were marked uh, special ballot papers that were found in, in a dustbin uh, close to the Zimbabwe Electoral uh, Commission's offices. Now, he was picked up uh, yesterday morning. Uh, we're not sure what he will be charged with yet, uh, but the Electoral Commission has said they found it suspicious uh, that he would not come to them uh, to raise those concerns, uh, but rush to the press uh, to, to, to to produce uh, these, these alleged uh, special ballot papers, which he says were marked in favour of Morgan Shangirai and and thrown away.
0: And that was our correspondent in Zimbabwe, Shingai Nyoka. And now we are joined on the line by Kuseni Dlamini from the South African Institute of International Affairs for preliminary view on the elections. Uh, Kuseni, good afternoon to you.
13: Good afternoon, Elvis. Thank you very much indeed for having me.
0: Now, we don't want to sound alarmist, but reports of logistical problems with accreditation, ballots thrown out, and arrest of opposition leaders, is this looking good for Zimbabwe?
13: It is not looking good at all, Elvis, but if we look at it from a comparative perspective, they do it then and now comparison of the last election and this election. Uh, We don't see the ugly scenes of violence that we used to see during the build-up towards the last elections. There have been glitches um, on the technological side that uh, manifested themselves in the special voting process. I'd like to argue that it's better to have those glitches being being revealed earlier and sorted out rather than being experienced and encountered on election day and therefore render the election to be sort of uh, not as free as it should be and not as fair as it expected to be.
0: Now some are already talking about possible rejection of the results which may possibly lead to violence. What's your view on this?
13: I think it would be unfortunate if Zimbabwe degenerates into a violent situation as a result of the elections. It would be unfortunate for Zimbabwe, it would be unfortunate for South Africa, and it would be unfortunate for SADAC as a whole. I am of the view that it is really important for Zimbabwe's political issues to be sorted out so that the rest of Sadak can carry on with the business of building its economy and unlocking its potential as a regional economic bloc.
0: Now, it's also fair to say that, that this uh, elections will put South Africa's mediation efforts uh, on the spotlight, uh, uh, should these elections uh, not be successful.
13: Indeed, indeed. It will put not just South Africa's mediation efforts into the spotlight. Elvis, it will also put sadc and AU into the spotlight. Yes, you know it observers from the european union and north america have been banned and other foreign observers and it's really now an african problem uh, which requires an african solution and the AU and sada are happy to lead the charge and uh, i think it should be important for them to make sure that a a very credible free and fair election is delivered
0: your sense can we expect a free and fair elections
13: I think it, it requires a lot of effort from South Africa side, from Zimbabwe side, from South Africa's side and the AU between now and Wednesday to make sure that whatever outstanding issues are there are addressed convincingly and in no shade of doubt that, that mm. there are issues that are unresolved which may undermine the freeness and fairness of this very important election.
0: That's where we've got to leave it. That's Kuseni Glamini from the South African Institute of International Affairs. It's now time to take a look of the arts uh, at the world of arts and popular. Culture with Michel Constant. CREATE is proudly presented by Business and Arts South Africa, bringing the business of the arts and the art of business together.
10: The garden at Takara Wine Estate outside Stellenbosch is currently exhibiting a collection of artworks all inspired by nature. Curated by Julia Menkes, the manager of the art program at Takara Wine Estate, the group exhibition features both established and emerging South African artists and spans a variety of styles and media.
5: It's one of a series of four or five shows that we do in the year and this one we felt like doing something that would take us through the winter but brought the outside inside and was also more light-hearted in a way that prepared us for spring so there's a big group of artists mainly young people from the cape who are not widely known which is one of the things i really like doing in our business and then we juxtapose juxtaposed them with work by people like an irma stern but the aim of it was to show different ways of a looking at plants and be artists who are using plant imagery in their work
10: Exhibiting his work is Cape Town based artist Colin Stradom. Stradom says that with his work of flowers and plants, he's focused on the use of line and also the act of drawing.
6: I've been trying to look at like a through line, and I have found that the thing that I'm most interested in, sort of apart from content, is actually the act of drawing itself. And what I've sort of trying to do with the work there is to see how far I can push line and see if I can't come up with something it's somewhere between a painting and drawing. And what's really great about flowers and plants is that they hover somewhere between abstraction and reality flowers are very strange shapes and they there's odd things you know and they've got interesting little bits where they can zoom in and even from far away, just the rhythm of a garden full of leaves becomes something that everyone can recognize, and yet it becomes it's quite an abstract thing, you know, because there aren't people and so on. So for me, I'm going for actually just trying to convey a sense of emotion. It's more about trying to lose the uh, emotive leaves.
10: Also lending her work to the thematic exhibition is illustrator Kirsten Sims, who's showcasing four pieces of her A Drawing a Day project. There are illustrations of
2: mine that I've done over the last year. I started a project called Drawing a Day, and as a challenge when I finished studying to keep me stimulated and practicing, and through that, just started developing this range of work. So those are some of my favorites from the last year of doing that. Those are my sort of top four, and they're all very different narratives, different things that I wanted to say or express or illustrate.
10: Simmons says that her artworks are never planned, and she describes a few of the drawings which are featured. Often with pictures
2: that I do, I will just start with something, and it will develop into something else. I might have an idea before I start that I will just do something, and at the end I will realise or see where it's gone to. For example, the one is called The ungodly Hour. And it's a circus scene, and it be sometime around midnight, and the animals just go a bit crazy and take over the show. And that just happened, and that's not the planned story. And then another one I did that's up is called The Illustrators, which was never intended to be that. It was also just this nighttime scene, and slowly these suspicious characters started to emerge from the bushes, and it just made me think what it would be like if you put a bunch of around the table.
10: According to Stradham, what interested him about the exhibition is the way each artwork can portray a variety of perspectives and interpretation, both of nature... And the garden.
6: Julian and i have done a great job of people that have curated and selected for the show. I think variety of perspectives on the idea of a garden and different moods and ideas around it. it is very interesting to see.
10: The exhibition will run at the Takara Wine Estate just outside Stellenbosch in the Western Cape until the 31st of August. For more information, you can log on to www.juliamainkeith.co.za.
0: Create Proudly brought to you by Business and Arts South Africa. Creating new opportunities for business arts partnerships. Email create at baza.co.za Our top stories, D.A. May and Clockware, Annette Combrink, says they feel vindicated by the court's judgment, but there's still a lot to be done by the D.A
3: we look forward now to assuming the positions that we were lawfully elected to
0: others say that this is a futile exercise that the ANC can still turn this around
3: well uh, at the moment of course the opposition group is in a majority
0: and that's where we got to leave it. We'd like to thank our teams, uh, M- Mabu Baloko, Mandisa Mkello and uh, Stikazelo Dlamini, our technical producer, Olbolekheng Monana, our senior producer, Nomalisa Mandela, our executive producer, Busi Chani and Obisa Chia. My name is Elvis Preson. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Let's hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you so much for participating in the program. We will post your comments on our Facebook
2: and Twitter page.